Welcome to Jesus Has Left the Building, where we hear from guests all over the country who have been engaging in creative, bold, and fluid outside the box, I mean outside the church building ministry, that has inspired us to think outside the box and outside the church building too. This is the Jesus Has Left the Building podcast, where ministers, activists, scholars, authors, liturgy makers, where God's beloved community has left the building too, with Marta and Mandy. Hello, everyone. We are so excited and grateful to be with you for the third installment of this mini-series that we are doing with Reverend Dr. Anthony Scott um, this conversation on anti-racism where we are exploring Anthony's framework, facing our fears. If you have not listened to episode one or two of this series, we highly encourage you to do that because it cre- it altogether creates this full framework, um, but you don't have to do them necessarily in order um, and you will definitely get some good stuff from this episode on its own, Um, but we do encourage you to participate um, in all three episodes and to join us for a live conversation, a live Zoom that will happen um, on February 6th at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and you can register for that on our website, jhltb.com. So today we're going to dive in with Anthony on dismantle. Anthony, you got it. So um, to remind us of definition of racism, racism is the death dealing conjunction of ways of being, ways of knowing, and ways of meaning making derived uh, when it's derived from one racialized group. And that uh, norm has been prescribed as normative for all persons without regard for their ethnicity, their heritage, or their racial identity. Um, So today I want to bring up a a loaded term, um, and that term is dismantle. Um, When it comes to dismantling, I mean, what I'm curious as to what definitions, what thoughts are in your minds about dismantling what 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 is that what are we doing yeah Yeah, so i mean i think we've had these conversations a lot especially in our last season of the podcast of um you know um when we when we want to look at an institution or something that's long long lasting like do we tear it all apart or do we try and fix from within and that kind of thing. So when I hear the word dismantle, that's where my brain goes is this idea of, okay, so what is that? Are are we actually, you know, starting over from scratch, like, you know, throwing everything into the fire and starting over, or are we like trying to take apart an institution and throw out the bad parts? Um, Or is it some combination of you know, that, like, that's where my brain goes when I think of the word dismantle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dismantle is um, without any kind of thinking about it, right? Because that's what our brains do. Sometimes they just, at least mine does, I don't actually really dissect it or think about it. I just hear the word. I know what it means in our English language. And I just run with it. And when I hear the word dismantle, 
it is, it's strong. It's a strong um, word that is, feels aggressive to like in some ways. Um, and it's an, it's an aggressive action. Um, and I think particularly in doing this work, when I think of it, like I, I literally have these images of like a, a big, huge mallet going after a um, drywall um, and just mm. taking it all down. Um, and, you know, like Mandy said in our last season, there was um, different scholars that had different ideas around the idea of dismantle. But now that I've, you've asked Anthony, like I'm really thinking about it. And in this moment, when you asked it and I thought of it, I sort of thought of a like piece of furniture, like Ikea or something. And um, well, because, you know, Ikea is super easy to quote dismantle. It is easy to get that little um, Allen wrench out and start like slowly undoing the different parts and seeing if something else might work with that material. Right. And so, um, and, and this is just coming to me in this moment, like perhaps it is that slow work of undoing the parts, not throwing all the parts out completely, but like seeing how maybe it can work differently mm-hmm. um, and better and um, equitably and justly because in the way it was originally formed, it is not working. Um, I don't know. That's, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I mean, that's a good, those are good thoughts to come to mind. I think, I think that's right. Um, yeah. When we think of, when I think of dismantle, I think of like taking something apart, you know, Mm -hmm. destroying it. Um, and that destruction or talk about that, I think, um, rub some people the wrong way because it Mm -hmm. seems violent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and and um, I guess the question I pose is, can the violated be violent in a, trying to address the violence that that's plaguing them? Like mm-hmm. is that is, is that is counter violence violent? Is is um. <clears throat> making room for your breath and for your living is that mm-hmm. is that violent so so mm-hmm. I, so i want to sit sit with that and wrestle with that a while and um and in that i'll i'll um use um the experience of audrey lord to um to talk about um uh this this idea of dismantling. Um, Audre Lorde wrote about uh, being invited to speak at a feminist gathering. So this is a gathering of, of, you know, progressive white women who are, you know, fighting for the right to enter the workplace and for, you know, gender, not equity, but equality, right? It's about it was about sameness. Anything you can do, I can do better. So they were feminists. They were white women. They were they invited Audrey to speak, and they had thought they had done something amazing by inviting her, a black lesbian woman, to come and speak on issues pertaining to black women. And so it was in that gathering that she said the words, 
um, the master's tools cannot dismantle the master's house. Mm. What these white women, these feminists had done uh, was seeing the, the domineering domination of these white men and created a parallel structure where they did the same thing to this black woman that the white men had done to them. Oh, please come and speak on women's issues. Within oh, our framework. Within, within, our... within our framework. We're not, you know, and so Audrey uh, 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 Lord says, um, um, I'm going to read, read this quote. It's a particular academic arrogance to assume any discussion of feminist theory without examining our many differences and without a significant input from, from poor women, Black and third world women and lesbians. And yet I stand here as a Black lesbian feminist having been invited to comment within the only panel at this conference where the input of Black feminists and lesbians is represented. What this says about the vision of this conference is sad. In a country where racism, sexism, and homophobia are inseparable, to read this program is to assume that Black, the lesbian and Black women have nothing to say about existentialism, the erotic, women's culture and silence, developing feminist theory or heterosexuality and power, and what it does, uh, and what does it mean in personal and political terms, even when even the two Black women who did present here were literally found at the last hour? Mm. What does it mean when the tools of a, of a racist patriarchy are used to examine the fruits of that same patriarchy? It means that only the most narrow parameters of change are possible and allowable. Mm -hmm. It is in, out of this context that she speaks of the master's tools not being able to dismantle mm -hmm. the master's house. A parallel system, a parallel structure is not doing the work of dismantling. It is creating a parallel for people who can, who can benefit from the structure. Mm -hmm. But there are masses of people who cannot benefit from, from that framework, from that structure, and, and being told, well, your issue is a special topic. And so um, we'll, we'll, we'll put you here on, you know, platform F. And so if people have time and, and pity, I mean, interest, then perhaps they will stick around for you. But, but you're not, you're not invited to, to speak toward the whole of life, just toward issues that we think might pertain to you. This is not, this is not making, building up a new world. This is not building up a new community, a new way of being. And so for those who, who benefit from the system and find their, their way in the world within it, um, the, the, the language of dismantling racism, of dismantling uh, this that system is violent because they benefit and are and are holding on um, to it and would rather build um, parallel structures. 
So I want to, because I have all kinds of visuals and images in my in my brain about all of this, Anthony. Um, if a group of uh, womanists and uh, women of color, um, they they created um, a parallel structure. So they're like, I don't want anything to do with dismantling that white structure because I don't, I don't want anything to do with it. But they did create something for themselves. What, is, what does that look like um, in the idea of dismantling? Or those group of womanists, women of color go into um, our traditional patriarchal structures and begin to dismantle it. Is it their job to do that? You see what I'm saying? Um, or is, I mean, I guess this is such a complicated issue or is it people um, like Mandy and I who go in to those traditional patriarchal structures and, um, and we work to dismantle it? Is it gonna have any meaning because we are white? women, right? So, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of like, let's just take the sanctuary that I, let's just get really concrete here for a minute. Like, let's take the sanctuary that I was just serving. Um, as a white woman, I went into that space and attempted to break down some of the structures of that physical sanctuary. Um, taking out the American flag, putting, unscrewing the pews, putting them in a circle, making the altar space in the center, um, all, um, but I'm a white person. So am I dismantling and rebuilding under the, um, uh, to, to fit my personal needs, or am I doing that with the scholarship of what I know from the black community, the womanist community, the um, communities of color, and I'm bringing those things to that space. So can white people participate in the work of dismantling? Yes, right? I think, and to, to hearken back to the example of the, of the sanctuary of the congregation you were most recently serving, like, there are technical and adaptive changes, right? So there are um, things that change, you know, physical form and physical shape, right? Um, but then there are other adaptive changes that that see needs and then change the way we think about meeting those needs. So it's so what these uh feminists did in 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 the audrey lord case right is they they say um there is not a structure that is for us right uh where we are welcome so we're going to create a structure that looks exactly like the one that, that we are you know not welcome in right like simply just placing women in in, 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 in the space, same program it's, it's, yeah it's not it's not enough it's not enough and it, it allows for the same 
kind of, uh, if it's a pyramid, it's going to allow for someone to climb to the top of the pyramid. Someone's going to want to be there, right? But it has- and a whole bunch of people at the bottom. And a whole bunch of people at the bottom who are suffering and being trampled, trampled upon, right? Yeah, we don't um, want to be asshole feminists, Anthony. <laughs> or, or, or just, or, or in terms of humanity, right? It's not just. It's this is addressing systems of oppression and addressing systems of oppression which really do liberative work, not which just look different. Mm -hmm. So, thinking of like uh, looking to. Um, some some ways of being that have that have arisen out of the African continent. Um, the concept of Ubuntu, which is um, this really communal way of being. Um, in uh, kind of King's words, we're bound up in a garment of mutuality. We're bound up in a network. I am only because you are. I exist because you are. Not I think, therefore I am, right? That is the, that leads to the rugged individualism that we have now. Thanks, Renee Descartes, you know, thanks. <laughs> um, it, it is about building up the other. So what does it look like to build a structure, uh, a church, a institution on the concept of mutuality and mutual benefit? What does that look like? What does it look like to have a meeting where uh, it's not about the one setting the agenda for the many, but about the many setting the agenda for the whole? Right, that is a, an, an adaptive change. It is not merely a change of venue or a change in you know who's, what, who the people who are running the thing look like what they look like it's about can we can we utterly change the the foundations of of the thing like we need to destroy what was there first disintegrate what was what, what was there and what we're trying to build upon so um a favorite question what are people of goodwill to do in response to racism as it manifests in systemic disenfranchisement, economic exclusion, resource hoarding, systemic and interpersonal bias, dismantle racism within yourselves and your spheres of influence. And dismantling looks like uh, attempting to disintegrate, like pull apart, tease apart, racist systems, motivations, and behaviors, creating space for a new collaborative, life-giving way of being to be born in its place. Mm -hmm. it, like, it takes this, it takes this reflection, right, of, of really looking introspectively at, at the things you're used to. And like, here's the thing that I, I've seen this, um, meme or something that's like um equal rights for others doesn't mean less rights for you it's not pie <laughs> and it's mm -hmm. like you know supposed to be this funny thing right but like if you actually have more rights than others then equal rights for all 
does mean less rights for you because you have more than your fucking share, right? And like what it means to dismantle, like it, it might mean that you lose stuff that wasn't yours to begin with. And you've got to face your fears, to be okay with that, to do the grief work, to understand like when we dismantle it and we take it apart, some of the pieces need to go in the trash, right? Yes. When you do the work of disintegration, I mean, and I'm, I'm, I'm using every syllable of that word, disintegration. Mm-hmm. When you do the work of, of holding up the pieces that make up you and pull and teasing them apart, pulling them apart and, and examining them and saying, is this serving me? And is this serving the goal? Do I need this? Perhaps you will look at it and say, oh, this piece is trash. This piece is garbage. This piece, um, or we can recondo it, you know? Mm-hmm. you know, I would like to thank you for, for um, being with me so long and for doing what you did for me. But I realized that you, you no longer serve me, mm-hmm. no longer serve my needs and the goal of uh, my goal and the goal of my community, right? Yeah. I mean, it all sounds like theoretically so amazing, right? To begin to look at spaces and decide, okay, we don't need that. We're going to put that over here. Or we don't need to lead in that way anymore. It's actually not just. It's not the gospel. It's not right. So we're going to start to lead in a different way. Um, And I think that, you know, it's tricky because as a, a clergy person, for example, someone who has that credential, um, who has gone to school, you come into communities and there's this automatic, right, lifting up. And so then you try to dismantle that idea and you try to lead in a different way and you try to show up in a different way. And then all of a sudden things are like, well, she's not a very good leader because you're not doing it in the normative way that they were used to or um you know it it sets you up for this deep vulnerability to um to be uh well she doesn't she doesn't have the power or he he is not using his leadership in the appropriate way and it becomes super, super messy. And I think um that is where this aggressive Um, dismantling comes in is it is aggressive and it is messy and it is violent um, because you're doing it in these spaces that um, that are different that it's it's a change it is uncomfortable it is a place where it's scary and it is fearful and so I guess I'm always coming back to that space of when is that going to be okay? When is it going to be okay to be scary? When is it okay to be that we are going to have to deconstruct and deconstructing is doesn't mean bad leadership. Um, not having, um, being vulnerable is not bad leadership. Inviting the community to have a shared wisdom is actually not bad. It is 
just new and okay. And um, I'm just trying to put voice to um, how hard it is. <laughs> and because I want, I want people, I want people out there listening to ha- to have the permission to start doing that work. Right. Um, and that that we can theorize it to the cows come home, but but um, we are also acknowledging that in practice it it really sucks. And so I don't know if we can speak into that space a little bit. Yeah, um, it, is, it is. I think it's all theory until it is practiced. Like mm. it is. It is ready for for persons who desire to to change and to do things differently to actually make a practice of the of the theory um it so i'll say like when it comes to the congregational level like like that's something that's something we know well um trying to lead differently in that space elevating community and elevating different voices i think is a it takes the pre-work of um making sure people are on board for the project that people mm-hmm. understand what is happening so that so that when they say when they see um uh the leader of the congregation um not you know acting in domineering or dominating ways they don't say oh well they should be really putting down the hammer and they say instead oh we see um this this new way that that is um uh leaning into the voice of the community and not uh trying to hammer its own will through it's about making sure i think that uh, the community buys into the project this dismantling and creating a new is about community mm. so so it's like i as a leader cannot uh successfully um you know do the work of dismantling in in a in a space in a community in an organization by myself i can be different in this space uh but if i don't bring people along with me then there there's no change there's nothing that's substantive there's nothing that's lasting there's nothing that they understand concretely about why i have done things differently mm. why i'm and because in space because they're swimming we're all swimming in white supremacy without that knowledge unsuspecting people will try to destroy the thing that's different that doesn't fit into the norm because that's what white supremacy does right like I'm thinking about this as this is like such a minor and kind of stupid example but like I'm serving this community right now that is ecumenical like I'm I'm in a um, Lutheran ELCA um, supported organization but the people I'm actually serving are Presbyterian and Methodist and Baptist and Covenant and like Foursquare, which is a denomination I never even heard of um, until now. And like, so I'm not doing the traditional liturgy, but I am always saying we are an ecumenical community. 
we have members from all these denominations. And so I'm saying those words all the time so that people understand why the liturgy looks a little bit different if they if they have some expectation for it to be Lutheran liturgy, right? And so, and it, it takes so much work to remember all the time to like set set the stage for that. And that's why like the the framework of facing your fears is mm-hmm. so important. So that so that you are forming yourself for the work of dismantling, forming a community for the work of dismantling, like forming the community's faith, um, maybe using, you know, Acts 2, they share everything in common. You know, uh, maybe using uh in terms of education, maybe looking at Ubuntu, maybe looking at community the communities that 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 um way of living arose from, right? Maybe looking at how you are in community together and how you can call each other out and call each other in and support each other in terms of, you know, you know, well, they aren't leading like like I would like. Well, but how but is that what the community has said? Is there a communal covenant to be developed that that can that can lay out publicly, make explicit what is implicit, what we're trying to do, what our means are, what our goals are, you know, and 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 what steps we're taking to try to get to those goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all of these pieces, I think, lead to the ability to do the dismantling work, but the pre-work is necessary. Mm-hmm. You can't just launch out there and say, I'm dismantling and I'm going to take my sledgehammer and bash it it's like okay do that but you cause damage and and then you have done the exact opposite of what you're trying to do you're trying to lead from a domineering space saying that right it it is about community it's like no you as the as the leader have done this have done this work and haven't brought the community along um and as i've heard uh, many many leaders say you know if you're a leader and you're not following you're just taking a walk Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, in our last um, in our last season, Reverend Dr. Christina Lazardi had to be said it takes uh, you could dismantle, but sometimes dismantling it is just as much privilege as not doing anything at all. And so I, I do think that it, it, it is a careful and skillful um process. And I want to go back to your acronym again, because I, I think it's wonderful. And I think that at some point, um, it would be cool, Anthony, no pressure um, to create some kind of program or curricula based off of these five different um, frameworks for um, communities to move through. And, um, but as if you're listening and you are um, in a community and you appreciate uh, these five uh, words, faith formation, education, accountability, reflection, and sorrow, I'm imagining what what does five months look like or even five weeks to start with faith formation, to start with education, to accountability, reflection, and then sorrow. 
um, and to create, program, and curate resources that go into each part of those. Like, what does five weeks of faith formation look like around anti-racist work? Um, what is five weeks of um, then intentional education look like around um, anti-racism? I don't know. It's just that's it. Really, is a, a framework that could be really played with, I think, in communities. Um, so, thank you for bringing that um, that framework to this to this place. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad that we're engaging it. And, you know, I, I'm, I think about the words of Dr. Lazardi Hajbi and, and the wisdom of them. Um, and I also think there are those of us who living in a, in the world and, um, and in parallel processes that have been created are death dealing. Like they they still deal death, you know? Um, and so the hope-filled or hopeless option in the, in the framework of Miguel de la Torre is, is to dismantle, is to... Um, in the in the lyric of um, Vincent Harding, we are building up a new world. Like, I I don't know that it's it's solely the work of privilege when it's desperation that makes you have to build something new and envision something new. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure that that's done out of at least for me, uh, for, for persons I know, out of privilege. I think. Well, I think she's specifically um, talking into that um, space, Anthony, of like, you know, I can't just go in and dismantle. Right. We, we you. It has to be done within community, and I think that is the key piece that you spoke about in this space. And you can't build something new until you have space to do that. <laughs> um, and sometimes and so, this doesn't exist. Like, um, you know, and, inc and include this or not, but I think it's important to say, and then we can, you know, do whatever. But like John on the Isle of Patmos, you know, he has, is an exile from, from Jerusalem. He has seen the temple destroyed. He has seen his whole world destroyed. You know, what's important to him destroyed and so he gets on this aisle, this island, and and allows God to speak to him. And he has visions and dreams about this new heaven and new earth, because he says, for the old heaven and the old earth have passed away. Now we know the old heaven and the old earth did not pass away. We are living on it. But he was envisioning something new because the world that he was living in at that moment was not habitable. It was not what he knew. It was not um, life-giving. It was full of uh, war, destruction, and all kinds of violence, right? And displacement. And so he needed God to create something new, the God who, who makes all things new. So, uh, th so the dismantling is making space for, for what 
can be for a world as it can be. And if we never enter that space of imagination, of creativity, of collective discernment, right, then we then we end up creating parallel processes that end up doing the exact same thing um, as the systems that were death dealing to us, right? And we end up dealing death to, um, and I take this, uh, that construct of words of dealing death from uh, the Reverend Dr. Frank Thomas. Um, we take the construct of uh, what has been death dealing for us, we may eliminate that, but then we create structures that are death dealing for others. Right. And so I think we, we must imagine, envision communally and, and seek to dismantle the, the structure and not simply um, build one that looks like it and functions the same way. Yeah, this is so great, Anthony. I'm so, I'm so grateful that you have shared your work and your expertise um, in these frameworks with us and the Jesus has left the building community. Uh, these three episodes have been so great to really dive us deep into this work. And I'm just aware that there's so much more to do. Um, so we're excited over the next um, many weeks to be talking with other um, people who are doing anti-racist work in their own spheres to delve more into um, your framework with those people. Um, and of course, this live conversation that is happening on February 6th. Um, but as we, as we mentioned in the first episode, um, of this mini series, it's um, it's not a, a hundred percent being; it's a hundred percent doing. And so, um, we, you know, we're setting out on a life lifelong journey of um, doing anti racist work throughout our time here and doing it together. So, um, again, we are so grateful for you for your work in the world and. Um, I have a feeling that this may not be the last time we speak to the Reverend Dr. Anthony Scott on the Jesus has left the building podcast, but we'll just see what happens. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Thank you, Anthony. You're the best. Thank you. If you like what you heard, please give the podcast a five-star rating and review. Also, consider supporting the podcast at patreon.com backslash JHLTB. This podcast is made possible by the Rocky Mountain Conference of the United Church of Christ Tributary Fund. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and message us to learn how you can be part of this effort to tell stories, have conversations, build relationships, and follow Jesus out of the church and into the world.